What's up? Welcome into the Roto Lounge. It's your boy, Brad Starks. Ready to talk about NFL wide receiver prospects, former Arkansas Razorback wide receiver Traylon Burks. Let me tell you when the legend of Traylon Burks began. Traylon Burks was a sophomore at Warren High School in Warren, Arkansas. He played linebacker and wide receiver. During that season, early in the season, he fractured his hand in practice, went to the doctor. The doctor said, okay, we're going to have to wrap this hand up. You're not going to be able to catch. You're going to be able to use only one hand, so you can only play linebacker. The only position you can play successfully is going to be linebacker, and you can play that, but you're not going to be able to play wide receiver. During the next game, the starting wide receiver goes down early in the game. The coach comes up to Traylon Burks. He says, listen, I know you have your cast on. We've got to use you at wide receiver. We're only going to use you as a decoy, but we need you out there because we don't have the bodies. So Traylon Burks goes out to wide receiver. The Lumberjacks go on to win that game. Traylon Burks finished with 167 yards receiving and three touchdowns while using one hand. Does that translate to college and does that translate to the NFL? I'm going to talk about that tonight after I've looked at some film. The analytical model is dusted off. It's running. The engines are running. Let's look to see if Traylon Burks is going to be a potential top wide receiver in the NFL, someone you want to target in your rookie drafts. But before we do that, if it's your first time here in the lounge, we like to talk fantasy football, but we also also like to drink bourbon whiskey and listen to jazz music. So before we get started, let's go ahead and get our drink. I hope you got something nice. Tonight, what I'm drinking on is some Jack Daniels 10-year-old Tennessee whiskey. For those that don't know, Jack Daniels is more than just that low 80-proof whiskey that you're used to drinking in college at the bar, Jack and Coke. Jack Daniels taking another step. They've released single-barrel whiskeys. They've released uh, specialty whiskeys. And they've released this Jack Daniels 10-year, the first time in over 100 years that Jack Daniels has put an age statement on their whiskey. You don't know when, how old it is. It's mixed. But Jack Daniels is a favorite of, of one of my favorite musicians, Frank Sinatra. So I think in honor of that, we're going to have to play some Frank Sinatra tonight. Talk about Traylon Burks. But let's get into this Jack Daniels 10-year. Let's pop it. Championship. That's our new thing. This year, every time we pop, we are going to talk into existence that championship. Let's pour this. This is incredible. On the nose, if you don't drink a lot of Jack Daniels, you might not know this, but if you get into the single barrel expressions, the barrel proof expressions, to me anyways, I get a lot of banana, like, 
banana pudding, banana taffy, that that uh, artificial banana flavor. I get a lot of that, like obvious that in the nose of this bourbon. It smells so good. It's got oakiness. I smell like charred wood, banana pudding. Uh, it's tremendous, tremendous nose. Tremendous nose. But you can also tell it's Jack Daniels. Alright, let's give it a taste. Oh, wow. Wow. This tastes like a 10-year-old bourbon. Holy cow. Very tannicky. I get the taste. So tannics, you kind of get the taste of the wood, the barrel. It's very drying. It dries my palate. It gives me a nice warm hug. I get like dark fruit, like dried cherries. This is a terrific, terrific pour. If you like Jack Daniels, it's clearly a Jack Daniels expression. Is this something I could drink every day? No, this is not an everyday drinker by any means. This is a special special pour with friends, family. You had a good day at work, pop open the Jack Daniels 10. Very, very solid pour. Cheers. All right, let's get into talking about Traylon Burks. Wide receiver out of Arkansas. Now, if you're not familiar with the patron page, I have a patron page, patreon.com slash Lounge. We're getting into rookie season now, so I'm going to have breakdowns of the rookies with film. Uh, I played football. I coached football. Know a little bit about the ins and outs, the nuances, what you look for, how you coach, how you teach, what you expect from your players, what was expected of me as a player. So I hope to kind of teach you a little bit to the Patreon. So I do some film breakdown of these athletes. I also have an analytical model. So I have a film piece and I have a data piece. And I'm very, very excited about my data piece. I think it is very accurate. It really nails, it really nails prospects. I have 25 total data metrics in this model compared uh, to the last 20 years of data for wide receivers. Now, why 20 years? Well, basically, that's that's really when you can get the, the majority of your stats without really having to search individual player by player. You can uh, find stats back uh, to around the 2000s. So it's easy to keep track. Now, there are patterns. When you look at the last 20 years of wide receivers, there are patterns of what makes a successful NFL wide receiver, what makes a dynasty wide receiver one, what we are looking for in our wide receivers. There are a lot of overhyped prospects, a lot of overhyped prospects. Rookie fever is a real thing. If they had a vaccine, for rookie fever, a lot of people would have to get that. So what my model does is it sorts through and it identifies what players are potential top five dynasty, potential top 12 dynasty, and potential top 24 dynasty. If you don't make any of those, 
you're basically on the outside looking in. If you're in a deep, deep league, maybe you target some of those players. But we really want to focus on the top five, top 12, and top 24 prospects. Now, this analytical model right now is only halfway through because the combine is very, very important for my evaluation and the analytical model because we're looking at 20 years of wide receivers, how fast they were, how tall they are, how much they weigh, how high they can jump, how far they can jump, how quickly they can move, the size of their hands, the length of their arms, a lot of things we need to know because it paints a picture for us and can tell us if it's a player that we should target that has a likely chance to produce at the next level. Now what my analytical model does is it, it doesn't have a lot of misses at all. If a player hits and it's on the model, it is a very, very, very rare occurrence. But what my model sometimes likes to do is it likes to put players in there that are like, hey, we like this player. This player is going to be good, has very good comps. You're going to want this player. That's where my film evaluation comes into play, because then I'll turn on the film and be like, okay, the model likes this data, but why? Well, maybe it was bad competition. Those are the things I try to identify on tape. There are some players that have hit high in the model, but on tape, they don't have it. So that's why I like to have film and I like to have analytics and I like to present the best picture for you to decide if you want to choose a player or not. Now, based on history, last year, last year, it had one top five wide receiver projected and that was Rashad Bateman. It had Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase in the next tier at top 12. Clearly, we know how that outcome was. Now, there were two metrics that Jamar Chase did not hit, arm length, and I believe uh, receptions, and that's receptions or games played. And that's really because he only played, you know, one season, one and a half seasons, whatever it might be. But I can learn from that, and we can improve the model. But it's still like Jamar Chase. It said he was a top 12 potential wide receiver. It's just like Rashad Bateman better. The year before that, it had Justin Jefferson as a top five wide receiver. Most people were not projecting Justin Jefferson to be a top five NFL dynasty wide receiver. The model projected that. The model projected him over CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. Have them projected as top 12 ceilings. So my model has some merit. You put on the film, does the film match what the model thinks what it likes, right? We put the two together and we say, all right, these are the rankings. You can find the rankings on my Patreon page slash Roto Lounge. I'll have all that stuff for the patrons, the rookie rankings, rookie breakdowns, but I will produce these podcasts and some videos uh, for public consumption for those that want to just kind of listen and understand my process. If you want to contribute, I appreciate it. But let's get into Traylon Burks, all right? Let's get into Traylon Burks. Enough of the talk. Let's, let's talk about what he is, all right? He was born March 23rd, 2000. He's listed at Arkansas at six foot three, 225 pounds, and we'll know at the combine if that's accurate or not. The beginning of his freshman season, and this is how we determine breakout age, was 19 and a half years old. Cheers. 
Traylon Burks was a four-star recruit coming out of Warren High School, the 16th wide receiver in his class. There were several receivers above him that are coming out into this class. Now, right now, before I break down all the receivers, I will tell you, I do like George Pickens a lot, and I think I'm going to hopefully like his profile. He has not declared yet, so we can't list him as, as a prospect this year until he declares. But there were three wide receivers in this year's class that were ranked higher than Trey Lombers coming out of high school. That was Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. He was the number two wide receiver in the class. George Pickens was number four in that class wide receiver. Jamison Williams going to Ohio State was the 13th ranked wide receiver in the class. Transferred to Alabama. Just tore his ACL. Prayers up to him. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. And then number 16 was Traylon Burks. This is according to 247 Sports. So you have four wide receivers that were top 16 in their class coming out. Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, Jamison Williams, and Traylon Burks. And what's ironic is the number one wide receiver in that class, and I can't think of his name right now, he just transferred from Oklahoma to Arkansas. He committed to Oklahoma as a uh, as the number one wide receiver recruit. Must not have panned out. Just transferred to Arkansas, so he must be going to take the Traylon Burks role there. So we'll see what happens. And I can't recall his name, but if you look at the 2019 high school, uh, he will be one of the top ones there. 247 had a number one, and he committed to Oklahoma, and I can't think of his name. His name was Jadon Hazelwood from Cedar Grove, California. Went to Oklahoma, transferred to Arkansas. He was number one wide receiver class in 2019. But let's talk about Traylon Burks, shall we? All right. What we want to talk about is what's important to us is the dominator rating and the breakout age. When you look at analytics, specific, specific metrics that everybody uses, you'll hear the dominator rating and the breakout age. Now, the dominator rating is basically the market share of the offense. The breakout age is at what age that player was when he first hit a dominator rating of a certain percentage all right so in my model i like to have 26 percent as my dominator rating and i don't use touchdowns to me touchdowns are not sticky at all uh, you could have a receiver get one touchdown one year 12 the next year so I, I typically like to create my dominator rating based on the yards and the receptions is he a big part of the offense? Do they throw him a lot? Does he get a lot of yards? Whether or not he gets a touchdown or not, that's not as important in my rankings. All right, so as a freshman, 2018, the beginning of the season, he was 19 and a half years old. He played 11 games, had 29 receptions for 475 yards. So he had a market share of 16.76% of the team's receptions and 24.25% of the yards. You put those together, add them or divide them by two, you get a dominator rating uh, for that year. If it's above a certain percentage, which I think most, most platforms say if it's above 20%, then that creates the breakout age, all right? In this case, his dominator rating for me is a 20 point five zero percent so 20 and a half so he eclipses that 20 percent dominator rating 
uh, to reach that breakout age of 19.5. And that's a big deal for a lot of people. Now, in my model, analytically, the, the dominated rating and the breakout age is not as important as other metrics. And again, I told you I have 25. Right now, we're going to be looking at 17 of them because it could affect him based on his combine metrics. But I'm using 17 production metrics to determine if he's a top 5, top 12, or top 24 wide receiver. As a freshman, he broke out. Did very well as a freshman. Now remember, I didn't mention this, but as a senior in high school, he tore his ACL. In 2018, Traylon tore his ACL in high school. Uh, but it didn't cause him to slow down too much as a freshman as he hits all the metrics that we want as a true freshman at Arkansas. Now also, Traylon Burks had offers to go to LSU. He had offers to go to bigger schools, but he's a hometown boy, wanted to stay in Arkansas, took his talents to Arkansas, dominated as a true freshman. We like to see it. Now as a sophomore, now remember, sophomore season 2020 was our COVID-19 season, right? Things were hit or miss, on and off. You don't know what was going to happen. He was 20 and a half years old at the start of that season. He played nine games that year, had 51 receptions for 820 yards. That gave him a receiving market share of 27.86%. He had almost 28% of his team's receptions, 39.34% of the team's yards, almost 40% of the yards, 27.8% of the receptions, just dominated as a sophomore. And I watched some of his sophomore tape. I broke that down for the Patriots. I went back. I looked some of his, his uh, junior year tape to see how he improved. He had he has some drastic improvements from his sophomore to his junior season, as expected. And we'll talk about it in a minute. But we'll finish this analytical piece. Entering his junior season this past season as the alpha, you know he was hyped as a lot of, uh, from a lot of people as the top wide receiver in the class going into his junior season, and he did not disappoint. Played 12 games, right? He opted out of the bowl game against Penn State. He had 67 receptions for 1,123 yards, which gave him a 35.26 percentage of the receptions and a 42.36 percentage of the yards market share. Almost half his team's yards receiving yards simply incredible last year i was so excited when i saw how rashad, uh, rashad bateman had so much of his team's offense hitting those numbers and if you continue to listen to me when we go through other wide receivers you're not going to see wide receivers that have 40 percent of the team's offensive yards you're just not going to see it 30 percent of the team's receptions you're just not going to see it most players don't dominate like that now this past year, Traylon Burks had a really good teammate, and I believe he transferred to Oklahoma. Uh, so really, it kind of left Traylon Burks there by himself. However, that also makes it easier for defenses to, to you know, hone in on a player, target a player, figure out how to shut him down. It was tough for teams to shut down Traylon Burks as a junior. So now, talking about that college dominated rate. What I'm looking for is 26% or higher market share of that team's offensive passing, right? To me, that indicates it's a wide receiver that has potential to be a team's number one wide receiver and or 
a high caliber contributor at the NFL level. To me, 20 to 25% just below that tier uh, it indicates like a mid-level talent with you know situational upside could have really good games here and there, but you know maybe isn't as consistent as we want. And then if you have less than 20% dominator, that's just a red flag. It's a red flag for me. And as a freshman, and I look at an entire career here, uh, but as a freshman, Traylon Burks exceeded the 20% already. And as he got older and more experienced, just improved across the board on his stats. So look at his career market share. Receptions of the team, he had 26.62, all right? This is what I look for for a wide receiver to, to have the potential to be a number one uh, or a high caliber contributor is a 26. He had a 26.62, so he checks that box. Yards, 35.31%. Checks that box easily. Uh, easily smashes the market share that I'm looking for uh, from an analytical profile. Now we talk about the breakout age. That is the age um, of the receiver based on the age at the beginning of the season, and I pin that as August 1st. Of that season, do when do they hit 20% of the team's market share? That'll create the breakout age for that year. He did it as a true freshman, his 19.5, 19 and a half years old that season. He clips 20% uh, of his team's offense, so that generated his his breakout age is 19 and a half. All right. Now, these analytical pieces is what a lot of people look at: the dominator rating, the breakout age, market share, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Checks all the boxes. All the boxes. Now, when we go to my analytical model, those metrics that I just mentioned are an individual metric, right? How well did he do? But what my model does is it compares a ton of different stats across 20 years compared to other players. And we're going to go over what Traylon does and what's important for us in this model. But just as an exercise, I, I clicked on a few wide receivers that kind of reminded me of him from this tape. So I clicked on Andre Johnson. I clicked on Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas. Last year's top five potential top five dynasty wide receiver. My wide receiver won Rashad Bateman. The year before that, my wide receiver won Justin Jefferson and Trey Lumbert. So I brought up these five receivers just to kind of compare. And I'll kind of go over some stats real quick what the model likes and what we should be focused on. So it's, it starts in college, all right? How many games did that wide receiver play? And it's very, um, if you look at Traylon Burks compared to Rashad Bateman, these two are very, very similar. Uh, and then he also has comparisons with some of these other wide receivers. So he had 32 games in college, which eclipses what is expected. All Everything, I'm going to tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spill the beans, but... I'll tell you when we're done here, which metric he hits, the top five, top 12, top 24. But in the college production, he hits a lot of Rashad Bateman's, right? He played 32 games, Rashad Bateman played 31. 147 receptions for his career, 147 for Bateman. 2,400 receiving yards for his career, 2,395 for Bateman. 806 yards per season, 798 for Bateman. 75 yards per game for Traylon Burke, 77 for Rashad Bateman. 
yards per reception. 16.5 for Burks, 16.3 for Bateman. And then receptions per game, 4.5 for Traylon Burks, 4.7 for Rashad Bateman. And you look across the board, they're all similar, right? Yards per season, we said Burks had 2,400. Cal or Andre had 19. Calvin had 29. Demarius had 23.5. Justin Jefferson had 22. Rashad Bateman had 23.5. And, and Traylon Burks had 2,400. Yards per season, most of them all have around 700, 700, 800. Yards per game, they're all around 70, 75. Yards per reception, most of them are at 16. And receptions per game, most of them are at 3.5, 4.5. These are just similar similar comparisons in college production, right? Now, this isn't the entire picture, right? You can say, oh, well, I could bring up a lot of receivers that have those numbers. But not only is it those six metrics, but it's also going to be the other 11 metrics. So you're not going to find a lot of receivers that hit every single one. And if they do, they're hitting a top five season or they're hitting a top 12 season or they're hitting a top 24 season. That's what my model does. Look at the college dominator rating. Traylon Burks had a 30.97 for his career, a 35 and a half yards dominator rating. We look at receiving yards per team pass attempt. He eclipses that. We look at his best season of his dominator. We look at his average dominator rating. We look at his market share yards. We look at his market share and receptions. We look at his market share and touchdowns. That's also important, even though it doesn't matter in creating my dominator rating. It matters when I look at all the other prospects, how they fared for their team's touchdowns over their career. We look at the, the dominator based on receptions and yards. We look at the dominator rating based on receptions and touchdowns. We look at his yards per team pass attempt. We look at these metrics. And right now, Traylon Burks hits every single metric in my analytical model. And it puts him at a potential top five dynasty wide receiver. It puts him in company of Rashad Bateman, Justin Jefferson, Demarius Thomas, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson. The stats are there. Now, we will re-evaluate once the combine gets here and we get all his analytical testings. We see how big he is, how much he weighs, how fast he is, how high he can jump. We'll look at all these things. And as long as he hits all the metrics needed, as long as he's not like a 4-7, right? Or he's got tiny hands. Or he's got short arms. Right? These are all things that there's a pattern based on history. If he hits all those boxes, Traylon Burks is a potential number one wide receiver in this class. Now the model likes him, but we should probably look at the film, right? We want to look at the film. So I watched some of his All-22 tape, sophomore season, broke it down for the Patriots. A lot of stuff I liked, a lot of stuff I think he should work on. Watched some of his 2021 junior, junior tape, completely improved wide receiver, right? 
So, so some things that we want to talk about initially for Traylon Burks. To me, he reminds me of a DK Metcalf type player, a Debo Samuel type player, a LaVisca Sinault type player, an Aquan Bolden type player. A player that they can move all around the field. Be a hybrid type player, play in the backfield, play in the slot, play outside, even play quarterback. He can do all those things and then some. He's a big guy. He's six foot three, 225 pounds, quick. On tape, he looks, as a sophomore, he looked like he was in his four fives. As a junior, he looked like he was in his four fours. He ran track in high school, ran the 223 seconds. That's fast. That's not elite fast, but that's fast. And that's likely as a you know 18 year old senior at high school. Maybe even a junior because he tore his ACL uh, in 2018. But he's not, he could also be an AJ Brown type player, but he's not a route technician. He's not one of those players that's going to be like Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, those guys that run tremendous, tremendous routes at the next level. He's not that player. In fact, on tape, he runs very few routes. Routes across the middle, wheel routes, out routes, deep routes. There's not a lot of technical side of his route running. So at the NFL level, they're not going to be asking him to run a full route tree. And if they do, he's got a lot of coaching that he's going to need to have. But they're going to have him find open spots in the defense. They're going to find ways to get him the football. Like I said, he's a big guy. He's fast. He has tremendous body control, tremendous balance, tremendous hands, tremendous size. A lot of the things that you want to have in an NFL wide receiver. I'll be honest with you. I was not high on DK Metcalf. I was not high on Chase Claypool. But what they have is they have size, they have speed, they have strength. And in today's NFL, that means something. We know DK Metcalf couldn't run routes, but he's making it work at the next level because he's big, he's fast, and he's working on his craft. Trey Lombergs has all those, all those capabilities. Some of the things that I didn't like on tape, it seemed like he lacked effort occasionally. It seemed like he got frustrated easily. Concerned a little bit about his on-field awareness. You know, understanding the magnitude of the, the play and the down and the time on the clock. Things like that. Is, is he mature enough, right? There are certain things that you might want to question. He played with injury. You can't say he's going to be injury prone, but he did have a lot of injuries, but he played through them. His route running obviously is, is a concern. Even with the negative aspects to Traylon Burst's game, he has potential to be an NFL star. In this class, in this class, regardless, Traylon Burks is a top three wide receiver. 
right? In this class, top three wide receiver, hands down. Potentially the top wide receiver in this class. Now, we gotta look at Garrett Wilson. We gotta look at George Pickens. We gotta look at Jamison Williams. Those are the receivers you're gonna be focused on early in NFL Dynasty rookie drafts. Traylon Burks could be the number one guy in the class. You gotta get excited about him. Dude's a freak. I can't wait till the uh, the combine, see his metrics, and then we'll decide where does he rank on our board. Is he number one? Is he number two? Is he number three? I'm gonna keep diving in. I have plenty of time. It's only January the 12th. I got plenty of time to dive into his tape. But we'll be ready come draft day. And if you like Traylon Burks, get excited about Traylon Burks. He may be on our dynasty teams in 2022. Get excited. Listen, that's all I have for you. I'm drinking on this Jack Daniels. Our first rookie breakdown, Traylon Burks. Get excited. Potential wide receiver one in this class. I hope you enjoyed this. Remember, find me, patreon.com slash Roto Lounge. Till next time. Cheers. <laughs>